Uh, all right then. Uh, hello and uh, uh, welcome to uh, Stasis Pod, the uh, the Rescue Bots podcast. Uh, I, I'm Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm Jen. I'm not Jimmy Stewart at all. This episode is on your podcatcher, and in your podcatcher, and on your podcast. Short device of choice. Uh, Apple, wait, wait. MP3 players, and iPods. Are they still make iPods? Uh, no, no, they do no. not. Oh. Uh, David, don't you know me, David? It's me. <laughs> I don't have time for an entire dissertation on how It's a Wonderful Life is actually an amazing movie and, like, Really Whereas good. I can complain, it's a wonderful wife. If it's a wonderful, oh yeah, it's a wonderful wife. No, it's a wonderful life. Is one of those movies I've refused to watch because everyone says it's so good. And yet the times I've caught chunks of it, it's like, no, this is this is too old. I mean, it is way. old, but like, I really do. It, Kane, it really but, is good. I'm with I'm with Jen on this one. Yes. One of these days, you might force me to watch it, but that's not today. I might have to. I I might have to get you past that uh, that Batman knee-jerk, can't-get-past-the-title stage. I'm not sure I've seen anything Jimmy Stewart in anything outside of cartoon parodies of Jimmy Stewart. Have you seen... I mean, have you seen Rear Window? No, I've seen clips. Vertigo? No, I've seen... Uh, I've seen High Anxiety. Okay, you. I strongly recommend Vertigo. Like, <laughs> legitimately one of the best movies ever. Or, uh, Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. No. Uh, was he in North by Northwest? No, that's that's Cary Grant, who I, uh, who I can also do an impression of upon request. Well, I haven't seen that one either. Judy, Judy, Judy. Uh. I, I really like the bit in that Batman the Animated Series Christmas episode where Robin's trying to get him to watch It's a Wonderful Life, and he's <laughs> like, I could never get past the title. Because he's Batman. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the thing that he's Batman, Batman would enjoy that. Uh, he'd enjoy that movie because a lot of it is pretty grim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, there there is a method behind our mat behind our madness here. Uh, I didn't just feel like wake up today feeling like doing a Jimmy Stewart impression. Uh, I mean, don't you though? Sometimes. I, I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, when I'm I'm trying to romance this lady who is an exact duplicate of this woman who I was also romancing, <laughs> I, I develop a bizarre obsession with her. Now you're just describing X-Men comics. <laughs> well, I mean, they do sometimes fight a villainess called Vertigo. True. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the somewhat... Uh, this is one of the many, many Transformers things called More Than Meets the Eye. Again, I, uh, and in this case, it's not even actually referring to anything to do with them being transformers. No, no, it refers to magic. It's magic. Uh, this uh, this is the twenty third episode of season three, uh, the seventy fifth episode of Rescue Bots overall. Uh, first aired May thirtieth, twenty fifteen. And uh, written by Gregory Bonsignore. This is his first Rescue Bots episode. He'll go on to do a couple others. Uh, he also wrote uh, also wrote some My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Hmm. Hello, Pepper. Uh, an episode of Lie to Me. What, what the hell's Lie to Me? Is that a cartoon? Uh, that was a 
No, it's like a network show of some sort. It's um, what's his name? It's Tim Roth. Bell. And I think his oh. thing was that he like was like a super lie detector or something. Yeah, it rings a bell. Well, honestly, that that's what lie detectors are. The machine is just there to help guide. Oh, your blood pressure's up a little, but it's really about the person using the machine who's guessing, are you lying or not? Because lie detectors are kind of bullshit. I mean, I think it's the sort of anyway. similar presence to that new uh, Natasha Leone show. Sure. But anyway, apparently he also uh, created, wrote, and acted in a YouTube show, hmm. which uh, also featured Parvesh Chia, who is the voice actor of Blades. Oh. <laughs> yes. And uh, Travis Van Winkle, who is the uh, the guy who plays the high school bully in the 2007 Transformers movie. Really? Oh! Yes. Wait, the tightest shirt guy? No, that's in the second movie. Oh. This is the guy who's like a high school bully. Not the guy who's the a movie's college all kind of blurred together at this point. I mean, yes, they yes. do. That's because there's no. Script. But he is also the guy who establishes that that movie takes place in the same universe as that Friday the Thirteenth remake. <laughs> okay, because he plays the like the same character with the same name in that Friday the Thirteenth remake. <laughs> but nice. since it's a Friday the Thirteenth remake, presumably he dies. Oh, he does. <laughs> hmm. But that takes place. That must take place after Transformers. So he went on from like bullying Shia LaBeouf in high school to getting murdered by Jason Voorhees. Oh, it's a, a respectable uh, career. Which, of course, is setting up uh, Transformers versus Jason, which I would watch. I would also watch that. It'd either be too weird or too boring or over way too quickly. Like any slasher villain, I don't think would be a good co- like. They've done weird things like trick Ghostbusters. Okay, that kind of works. You got robot ghosts. That's at least a thing. Like Terminator. That's bizarre in a way, but it's like robots. Well, I mean, obviously you have to become a cyborg, like in Jason X. Yes. I yeah, but still, you're you're this like tiny little human killing human. I mean, it would annoy the robots, but well, what if he was like somebody just with- has to kick him. Well, I don't know. What if it was like a like like if he got implanted into like a, a Decepticon body, mm-hmm. or if he was like a headmaster? Ooh, binary bonded, I guess. <laughs> but still, he could just haunt it. Or you, and you, he'd be binary bonded. Oh. oh, actually, like the only slasher I think might actually work, Chucky. I mean, he's already kind of a robot. Yes, like right. he's he's already. Biomechanical. I mean, you could do Freddy Krueger. Transformers have dreams. I don't. I don't know if that would work as well. You're like, do they though? I mean, I'm sure if those movies had kept going, there would have been like some sort of dream sequence where he was like a transformer. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm just. I wait. Actually, have we seen dream sequences in Transformers that much? Uh, Beast yeah, Wars. We, there was, there that was whole one. Movie. Beast Wars, um, and there's that whole uh, Robots in Disguise episode where there's, like, that bat guy voiced by, I think, Tom Kenny. Yes! Who's, like, giving them nightmares. Oh, I forgot He was kind of that. a Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, any slasher just seems like a weird... Welcome guy. to Optimus Prime Time, bitch! <laughs> anyway, this episode... Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm dying a lot. <laughs> Ah, uh, so yeah, we open with magic. 
Yes, and we have a Zatanna dressed as Nega Duck from DuckTales, or, um, no, Darkwing Duck. Uh, Darkwing Duck. What? Sure. No, was, uh, yeah, was, was, was Nega Duck on the new DuckTales? Ooh, I've, I never finished that series. I should, uh, I would be surprised. I think he did show up briefly in that. Okay, I've seen only the very first episode with the Lupin the Third reference. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is Mora the Magnificent, voiced by uh, Transformers veteran uh, Cree Summer. Yay. Oh, okay, I was right. She's doing more of an accent than she usually does, so I wasn't entirely positive. I mean, she often plays like children, so she's definitely trying to sound older here. Sound like an actual adult? Yes. Well, you know, a little husky. You know, somebody who could be, I mean, probably closer to her own actual age. Yeah. Because I assume she's close to the same age as LeVar Burton. Uh, is she? Uh, let me see. I'm going to assume she would be closer, but... Gotta look it yeah, up. Yeah, they're, they're about 12... She, uh, she's about 12 years younger than me. Okay, is. that's... Yeah, that's... Well, that's a little older than I was thinking, but still, it's like... It's a ballpark. It's, it's, it's not like she's 60. No. Anyway, so... Ah, uh, yeah, she is the... Uh, she is a stage magician. She is make, She is in town uh, with, her, with her white tiger, Blizzard... Oh no! And at uh, her assistant, who is unnamed, but kind of looks like um, Jeff Lynn from ELO. What? <laughs> yeah, I, have to ELO. I can see that. He's like a weird hipster-looking guy. Yes, he's a very extremely hipster-looking guy. He's got a lot like, of beard. Uh, he's like a, a a Portland kind of hipster kind of guy. He's a, mm-hmm. a scruffy guy. It looks like me if I don't shave for a long time. He definitely <laughs> looks like he has opinions on microbrews. I do. I, I don't want to go to a biker brew. He may have arrived at this show on, like, one of those weird fixed gear bikes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he absolutely rode here on a fixie. I, th- I, th- I think he would be wearing more flannel if that was it, but... <laughs> I mean, as we're going to find out, you shouldn't hire local talent here. You need, you know... You're a lady magician. You need to have, like, a real himbo of a an assistant here. Yes. Yeah. You need to have someone who's, like, a permanent fixture who you trust with all your stuff. And, yeah, you know, a, you know, a corollary of the, you know, whole beautiful assistant thing. You get, like, a Channing Tatum type or something. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. And not just some local hipster. Not just yes. some guy you found at the local kombucha bar. Or possible two local hipsters. <laughs> But, yes. Well, we'll get there. Uh, or you get someone who dresses entirely in black with a mask on. Mm. But like your um, unnamed magician shit. Oh, what the fuck oh, was that thing? Oh, oh the masked magician who yes. did like the secrets of magic reveal. Yeah, that guy. I was I was embarrassingly into that when that first aired. <laughs> <laughs> I, was embar- I, I was into the idea. I just didn't watch it. Because I, I, I do enjoy a little stage magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so you know, they, you know, he's, she's performing. She's got her uh, um, Siegfried and Roy-style white tiger here. As, as you do, you, you have a rare animal that's been inbred. Yeah, those things are inbred as hell. 
Either that, or this is from the same species of that Tigatron is that exists in Transformers. Ooh, that's a good point. Oh, Maybe uh, that's like yeah. some alternate universe business. Hmm. Alternately, he was genetically engineered for her by the doc. <laughs> So, you know, the, obviously the, the, the robots have no idea what's going on here. They do not understand human things. Especially... They do not. Not Chase, who shows up late and is extra confused. Yes. Why, you know, what is she doing here? Doing? Why aren't we stopping her? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he shows up late and it's like he's witnessing a murder in progress. <laughs> <laughs> While all his friends just stand around being entertained. Mm. So, you know, he opens, he grabs this basket, opens it up. Nobody's inside. The assistant is all the way over in the crowd in a, uh, up in a tree. And then Chase promptly steps through a trap door and busts his robot ankle. That kind of seems like less peril than usual. Well, that's the thing. They... The peril has already occurred, and then they kept uh, cut the intro se- intro- introductory sequence. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Uh, so you you think they would normally cut like as the trapdoor was cracking, and not after yes. it had already cracked? Of course, the thing is, he doesn't really get saved from this. He actually does like mess his ankle up. Mm. Yes. Well, yeah. It's in a normal peril episode, it would have been as the last knife was going into the barrel. And Chase is running, but they didn't cut that way. And uh, yet, sitting in a tree in the audience is the best vantage point for a show, as we have learned from Kimono Friends. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Just go go stand in a tree. Anyway, the actually the the worst of the peril has only just begun because now everybody's got to put up with Chase being injured. Yes, and this is why we were doing the uh, the Jimmy Stewart impressions because this whole episode is kind of a riff on the nineteen fifties Alfred Hitchcock movie Rear Window. What? Well, it's half a riff on that, I'd say. There there are some other things mixed in there. I mean, I mean, well, there's there's not a lot of stage magic in Rear Window. No, but but like, unless does Rear Window involve like hiring a private detective to be your feet and eyes? Not really. No. Then we'll get to that tie-in later. <laughs> or or wait, does he? Wait, it has been a while. He actually does. Uh, call in his friend. Oh, okay. Because I, I was thinking it was, when it shifts to that, it's more of a reference to Nero Wolf and Archie Goodwin. Mm. Yeah, no, he does call in um, Wendell Corey to, oh, to help him out. Again, I haven't seen any movies with Jimmy Stewart. You should see It's a Wonderful Life. It's really good. Unless you guys force me, I'm never watching that. <laughs> Plus, also, do they even re- run that on Christmases anymore? They do, yes. Oh, they still do. Uh, not I mean, the, the way they, they used it, to. No, because it's 
they for a while it was believed that it would fall out of copyright, so everybody ran it for no money. Yep. But they've since discovered that it there's like a loophole where somebody does get the rights to it, but it, it's still on like NBC or something once every year. Okay. Which is unfortunate. Yes, but, but you know, it really everybody needs, has a DVR now these days. It really needs to be experienced at like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, it's probably on YouTube or something. Anyway, back to the episode. Uh, probably not. So, yeah. I'll lend you my VHS copy. Oh, and when he falls into the trap door and finds out it's a trap door, Chase is like, trap door, what treachery! <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> treacherous door. You know, D- you know, Danny makes some joke about how, well, you know, it's funny that the first time you were on stage, you really did break a leg. <laughs> and uh, Chase, uh, you know, fails to see humor in this recap of events. <laughs> he does not understand. Yeah. Also, it's interesting to learn that robots can break legs. I mean, I guess we've seen sort of that happen. I mean, I guess it's... We know they sort of have something that can sort of heal them internally. But we know that they can also go into, like, CR chambers or what have you. Yeah, but it, it, it's like... Uh, normally it's like, oh, the leg broke off. Well, yes. Or gets blasted or something. This is mm-hmm. some sort of internal fracture. Although mm-hmm. I guess in more more recent series, like, they have uh, uh, skeletons inside them. Well, when he transforms, he's also, like, his wheel is clearly not yes. great. Oh. Yeah, but like that—that's another thing. Like in, like in G one, when shit like that would happen, it's like, oh, you're injured in vehicle mode, but your robot mode's fine. Mm. Like th- this is a both modes problem. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, so we, you know, we get a little, we find out a little more about more of the Magnificent. She is uh, Doc Green's sister, and uh, he—he's been like she—he makes a bunch of her tricks for her with his super science. Going back to when they were kids. Yeah, that's cheating. Although, as he explains it, magic is just science dressed up and science is magic explained, which is a wonderful way of putting it. The, the, any sufficiently advanced science appears as magic. Yes. And yeah, so Chase has a choice. Basically, he can go into healing stasis for a couple days, or he can just stay off his foot for a week. He does not want to be off duty for that long, so yes. he is going to just be conscious but immobile. Yes, and so they they have rigged up a huge wheelchair for him, which is yes. pretty neat. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they just had stuff for it lying around the. Uh... No, their uh, their ship got blown up when Blur took it, didn't it? Yeah. Well, unless they built no, this out of No, that's right. He, uh, to, to... the ship didn't get blown up. He, uh, no, it didn't get blown up. It. Oh. Okay. Yes. Oh, right. So, so yes. they didn't get it back. So presumably it's on there. Yeah. Maybe that they, they just took a chair from there and stuck some wheels on it. But just, just a, a giant high tech hover chair thing. It's weird. It's not yellow. It confused me. <laughs> it should have been yellow. Hover chair yeah, should so always of course, be yellow. And you know, Blades is very excited that he's going to get the uh, the chief around uh, because he's going to you know the chief is now going to ride with Blades, and you know he's thinking oh that you know they can have uh, they get a meal service in the flight and they can do an in flight movie, <laughs> and see the chase uh, 
mentions that he saw a movie with a photographer who witnesses, and he gets cut off, but he's about to describe the plot <laughs> of Rear Window. I love that. The oh, one that good part. thing from from uh, Dark of the Moon was the part no- near the beginning where that little crazy mini Autobot guy. Oh, wheelies. Yes, Wheelies is watching Star Trek, and he describes it as the one where Spock goes crazy. <laughs> and I didn't catch that on the. Of course, I didn't catch it on the first viewing because I didn't know the twist. But when I saw it a second time, I was like, "No!" <laughs> I was, I was like, "Oh no!" When I saw that. <laughs> also, that was around the same time, and now I forget the details, and I meant to look it up, and then immediately forgot. But they, there was a similar bit in X-Men First Class where they're watching an old, like, Hank is watching an old Star Trek episode that, like, relates to the plot, that, that uh, hints at the plot. Well, of course, All McCoy right, although, is watching McCoy. Of course. Although, of course, that would be an anachronism, because that movie takes place in the early 60s, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, Maybe I believe. Maybe it's the second one. Oh, yeah, it might be... Yeah, you know, yeah. if it's Days of Future Past, then that would make sense that he would be watching a time... Yeah, I think he might be watching, like, a Muck mm-hmm. Time. Oh, okay. During... Or wait, no, a Muck Time, that's not... Or no, that's not that's, time travel oh, one. No. That's the one... That's, that is, the that's one another one where Spock, Spock goes, goes nuts. There's uh, enough time travel G1... or what? what original series That one Star that Trek, Harlan but. Ellison wrote. Oh, oh um, the one with the big gay... City on the Edge of Forever. Yes, yeah. that one. Okay. Edith Keeler must die. Now the most and, and famous one, and Harlan Ellison got a lot of cred from that. He's a good writer, but he was a cranky old fuck. Spock, let's get the hell out of you here. You can't at me because I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I might be misremembering the details. But there was definitely around the same time that they did that bit in Dark of the Moon. There was also one of the the prequel X Men movies where they had the same. <laughs> old Star Trek episode as a a foreshadowing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it when they do that. This time, at least, it's not an old Star Trek episode. Hmm. So, anyway, you know, there is a truck that has gone under an an overpass that is too short for him. Yay! It's the 11-foot, 8-inch bridge! Or overpass. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, Chase has... uh, now that he he has decided to become Jimmy Stewart in uh, in Rear Window, except he instead of like a camera with a telephoto lens, he has the the Griffin Rock Panopticon, the terrifying yeah. Griffin Rock Panopticon. Yes, normally we have a like ten year old boy as the police state. Now we have a robot cop with all <laughs> yes. the cameras in town, and half of these cameras are looking in people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> it's ups- more upsetting than usual. Like, I have a security camera, but I make a point to point it at the door in such a way that, like, it's not showing everything going on in the entire neighborhood all the time. But I realize that's yeah. not how most of them are set up. Most of them are set up just showing everybody everything going on. He's watching some BBQs, uh, Mrs. Niederlander knitting a-, knitting a hat for Mr. Pettypaws, and... Other things that I forgot. Mr. Harrison pl- and Mr. Albert. Yes. Are having a barbecue. And also somebody, somebody's playing the accordion. <laughs> oh. And it, it's sort of a whole thing where, you know, well, you know, is is this is this not just normal human behavior? And I, I don't know. I don't believe that any human behavior is normal. 
This all confuses and frightens me. I mean, fair. And Chief's like, well, yeah, in this town, I mean, you ain't, you ain't wrong. <laughs> also, I must ask cat expert Jen here, has anybody ever successfully gotten a cat to wear a hat? They actually sell very cute... Actually, my sister, uh, one of my nephews, is really into Kirby right now, as in the, the round pink video game character. Uh-huh. And she saw, I think it was at Barnes & Noble, they had some little imported Japanese cat hats that were Kirby-themed. Uh, I could get one, possibly two of my cats, like my own personal cats, to wear hats. Like yeah, my big boy Benjamin would abs would tolerate it. Uh, the girls would destroy my arms. <laughs> I, it's possible it, if you're putting a hat on a cat. It's better if they're holes for the ears. Otherwise, they're going to be cranky. Most of them are going to be really cranky anyway. But right. some cats will tolerate it. I put a sweater on Edgar, and he gave me this great look, like he he did not know what he had done wrong. <laughs> we do see this hat later in the episode. Yes. And of course, she's made herself one to match. Of course. That's what you do. Anyway, so we uh, we cut to uh, we cut to Mora. She is uh, you know she is staying at a motel because she doesn't want to burden uh, you know Doc and Frankie with having her and her gigantic tiger. <laughs> Which makes me question, how many motels are letting you stay there with a tiger? Yeah, I don't know, like, how specific they they are when it comes to being pet-friendly. Also, I feel like that does not actually get classified as a pet. No. Maybe not so much. I mean, it's possible that this has been grandfathered in. Yeah, I, most play. I, I, you probably can't own a tiger in Maine. Although, who knows? Hmm. That was a whole thing in Ohio. Oh, it sure was. They had Ooh. to kill a lot of lot, lot of animals that day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, so they had to call it Jack Hanna. Yeah, they had to call in Jack Hanna. <laughs> It was, uh, that was rough. Yeah. They did mm. not have a lot of exotic pet laws prior to that, but they sure did afterwards. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the doc has made some new devices for Mora. Uh, you know, he drops them off. They go to, they go to get something to eat. And, uh, meanwhile, the team is, has been alerted to an emergency by, uh, by Chase. The mayor is missing. His wife wandering the streets <laughs> looking for him. This is a full-blown crisis. Except she is, in fact, looking for her stupid dove. Yes. Because he sees her and she's like, oh no, dear. Honey, honey, where are you? Where have you gone? <laughs> and she somehow assumes that she is referring to her husband and not her dog, who she actually likes. But earlier than that, in the montages of everyone around town, there was a shot of, like, an ice chest being lowered on a rope with the dog inside, and it hops out. <laughs> there was foreshadowing. Doing his yes. usual chaos. And now I'm... Sc- oh, there we go. It took me forever to scroll to find picture... Of Poopsie? 
No. Oh. Of my cat wearing a Spider-Man hoodie. Oh. <laughs> so it is possible, but he, he, it was better with the ears out, and even then he was not happy I had to pull the hood, hood down. <laughs> of interest to Rob. Yes. Yes. But yeah, the, uh, the, the hats that you linked the pictures of with all the fruits that I'm, I'm pretty sure the Kirby one was like the same series, but a licensed Kirby one. <laughs> Benjamin uh. would tolerate that. No one else. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I could get any of my, well, even just getting a little sweater on most of my cats would not go well. One <laughs> of the, have you ever had a thunder shirt for a cat, which is supposed to calm them down? Make not it easier for a cat. Shirt? Well, okay, maybe. I've definitely heard of them for dogs, although my dog does not mind thunder at all, so I've never, I've never actually used one. Well, I, I got it for, like, trimming toes, because it's supposed to calm them down, and mm. for most cats, it does seem to work as well as dogs. Except for Crystal, the one I really needed it for, she don't give a shit. Oh. She was like, nope, I'm out of this. I cannot put a collar on her. I have a collar on two or three of my cats. Well, just three, two of the cats right now. But Crystal, nope, it, she'll take it right off. There, I found a picture of Edgar looking up, asking me what he had done to deserve <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they are kind of like that. Why? Why, Mother? <laughs> Why have you restrained me so? If, if I just lay here long enough and don't move, will you take it off? <laughs> He's so baleful. Full of bales. <laughs> so anyway, we Chase is still, of course, uh, rear-windowing it here, and he uh, suddenly, at the, at the motel, he sees the, uh, sees the hipster assistant enter, and then an explosion of fireworks. So, this is what it looks like when something actually occurs that you should tell people about. Yes. Learning moment. And, uh, so, you know, they get there, they get the, they, they get the, the tiger out of harm, but there is no sign of the assistant, and also no sign of the devices that the doc left. <gasps> it was a theft. And, uh, the first of many. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so we, we, you know, so, and so we, we cut back to the, the greens. We find out that uh, that Frankie's great grandmother Lorraine was also a magician. Very cool. And that she intended to uh, go over Griffin Falls in a barrel. This is, I believe, the first and only time we're seeing this waterfall. <laughs> well, we've seen waterfalls before. I mean, this is clearly like a tourist spot. They're like yeah. observation decks. Yeah, it, it, like it's it, literally just Niagara Falls in Maine. On, on an island. island. Griffin Rock just has everything. It yeah. does. So, you know, and she, you know, it's obviously like a special barrel. As opposed to just, a, you know, a, an actual wooden barrel. I don't know that anybody has actually, that's, it's like a cliche. I don't know that anybody's actually gone over Niagara Falls in a barrel. I think so. I think it used to be a thing that they would like say they were gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if many people survived it. Well, yes, there's that part. That's the catch. <laughs> Lots of people have probably done it. The number who have survived 
is small. I mean, they did go over it yes. successfully. They just didn't uh, live through it. Yes. They did not survive the landing. Well, mm. going over the falls is illegal. Yes, apparently a lot of people have died. I haven't found a list of people who survived yet. <laughs> Get a quick Google. Short list of people who have survived. And, and then meanwhile, a, a crime spree has struck downtown Griffin Rock. All of the robberies being uh, uh, committed by an invisible thief. <gasps> yeah. Oh, well, I, I found... What a least, shocking coincidence. I found at least one person who survived. Mm. A woman who did it in 1901. Ooh, ah. Cool. Well, that is very... Maybe that is what they're referencing here with... Uh, Great-grandma, yeah. Yes. So, you know, Chase is still pretty sure this involves the assistant, even though we find out later that he is uh, safe and staying with family on Griffin Rock. Ooh. Which does indeed turn out to be true. <laughs> well, yes. That, that is complete and utter truth. So he's all, he calls up Frankie's all, Francine, this is Chase. You may remember me from the rescue team. <laughs> and Frankie's like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're one of the, the giant robots who I've met. Yes, I'm, I'm aware of this. Many times. Hung out with no, listen, a bunch lately. You know, you've uh, you've you've got to be my uh, you've got to be my Wendell Corey here, my Archie Goodwin, my Watson. Yes. Except you know, try not to get uh, attacked by uh, by Raymond Burr. <laughs> try. Or a large dog on a moor. Boy, also I forgot that uh, Rear Window has Ross Bagdasarian in it. Who? Uh, better known as David Seville, the, uh, the man behind the chipmunks. Oh, cool. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so you know, Frankie's going to be his uh, his uh, his leg man, and uh, she's going to go incognito, by which I mean she's going to dress as if she's about to sell a black market letter to, uh, to Ernie on, in one of the back alleys of Sesame Street. Yeah. This is accurate. She's got the big old hat, she's got the sunglasses, and she's got the trench coat. You, your what, what traditional, like, Ninja Turtle gear, or, well, Carmen San Diego, if it was red. It, 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 this is uh, Inspector Gadget chic. Yeah. Yes. Totally inconspicuous. Very. Like, no one even notices a person dressed like that. So she's uh, she's be- she's tailing this suspect, he- and indeed he does return to the scene of the crime. But as he points out, that is not been statistically proven. Yes, she goes in and it's empty, but it's not empty because the tiger is in there. <gasps> Roar! Cut to commercials. So of, course, so of course, Chase has to call in everybody, and then she just comes out riding this tiger because he's to- completely tame. Yes. Yeah. It is weird that like she was still staying in that hotel room when like a window was blown out and there's smoke damage. Like I don't think the tiger would want to stay in there with all that fire damage. I think they'd move you to another room. Yeah. Yeah. Also, maybe they'd kick you out of the motel for setting it on fire with your magic tricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that too. And of course, the team is not thrilled that uh, you know he used a small child as his uh, pawn here. <laughs> and yet they do it on a weekly basis, but 
it's different yeah. when they do it. So anyway, Doc is he, he thinks that Chase might be onto something here because it the item that he made for uh, for Mora were a pair of invisibility ponchos. I like that it's ponchos. Are you sure it's an invisible thief and not just like a really short man wearing big shoes to make him look like he's bigger? <laughs> oh, and I, I forgot there was a bit in here where uh, Chase uh, says, curse my aching metal body. <laughs> Which is a very C-3PO kind of line. Oh, and also he says, ah, nuts and bolts. Uh. So anyway, they you know they they figure that you know that he's the invisible thief is probably going to head to the bank, so they set up a laser tripwire. The thieves the thieves rob it. They leave it outside there, caught by this laser tripwire, and oh, it's not just one thief; it's two thieves. <gasps> oh no! Who is it? Because it seems that the unforeseeable pull off the Scooby Doo mask. Well, first off, it seems that somebody had watched. Uh, the Prestige. <laughs> we're, we're doing the, uh, the the twin assistants. But it turns out the twin assistants are indeed twins, but they're not really the assistant because it is once more Griffin Rock's duo of crime druids, Evan and Miles. Yay! Yes. I was so excited. The Griffin Rock's only criminals. <laughs> well, I guess it is better to find out it was the twins as opposed to a series of clone corpses. Strewn around well, town. Yes. I was very excited that it was. <laughs> These are all your Evan and Miles. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I was very excited that it was them because they're the only criminals. <laughs> I, honestly, I didn't want us to have to establish that there were additional criminals. <laughs> no, it's just these two guys. Yeah, because when you see the guy at the beginning of the episode, the, the beard. In animation is a different color. Admittedly, my beard is a different color than my hair, so it's it's like, oh wait, it, that's a fake beard. But also, the hair color was the hair was also fake because the twins. I mean, they might just be wearing like rubber masks. I couldn't exactly tell. Yeah, if they if they took out like the entire face or just the beard and yeah. the wig and the hipster glasses. I feel like we've had a rubber mask discussion before. <laughs> I mean, this is Griffin Rock, so clearly... Forget in what contest, although I would guess it was a Griffin Rock episode. Yeah, I mean, it's Griffin Rock. You know, they've got the technology to do, like, those, um... Like the Black Widow masks. Yes. The, the, um... Or I was thinking the, uh, like, the Mission Impossible masks. Ah. Uh, no, I was thinking Black Widow masks. <laughs> because everything must go back to the MCU. So yeah, you know they're they're behind the thefts, and uh, that is seemingly the end of the episode. But oh wait, there's like five minutes left. What's going on? <gasps> what else could be mm-hmm. happening? We need some more peril. Uh oh, because it seems that indeed Mora is determined to do this uh, this barrel over the uh, over the falls trick. Except the trick barrel is in the possession of Evan Miles, who just used it to keep a bunch of money in it. <gasps> Oh no! Which means that she's about to go over the falls in an actual barrel. Yay! Oh no! So, you know, no the rescue bot. Yeah, so the rescue bots are headed over there. They can't get there in time, but uh, Chase is determined to get out of his uh, out of his chair and to get over there as creakily as possible. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh, Evan and Miles had a mystery van. Yes, they do. Which, I mean, I think they've used this van before. I think so, but like it just stood out to me much more after the masks were taken out, and then they cut immediately to this mystery wagon that's green. <laughs> even it even has like the the 70s little bubble on the back it does yes which is a stupid detail to have as a, as a window but I, I they look neat but I guess they only work on like really old vans you wouldn't have that on a modern van streamlining is different anyway yes ba- barrel yeah so so you know chase gets there he catches this barrel as it goes over the falls cracks it open. Nobody's inside. But oh, oh what's with that uh, balloon vendor who sounds exactly like Cree Summer? <laughs> Ta-da! It sounded like a much older Cree Summer. Ta-da! Ta-da! She was never in the barrel. So she you know, stands up, does a little bow, and then promptly slips and falls over the edge. Oh no! Well, yes, with all that mist near, near a waterfall. Yeah, that, that is a professional hazard. That's why you wear those plastic ponchos. What? Well, yeah, but your you, shoes. It, it's yes. You better trick. You know, somehow, despite living in southwestern Ontario, I've never actually been to Niagara Falls. Shit, I've been to Niagara Falls. Admittedly, it was decades ago. Well, I mean, that's upstate New York. Well, no, when I lived in Jersey. Oh, yeah, I, I've never managed to make it there. I've got to do that one of these days. Forget if we were camping. Hmm, I was very little. I don't. I don't remember. Which is pr- probably not a reference to the pseudo-Hitchcock movie, uh, Niagara. Pseudo- it feels like a Hitchcock movie, but it's not. Oh. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's, it's like a, it's a Hitchcock movie people made up and made up an entire plot and it cast for. Uh, no. That, that's weird, Tumblr people. It was a or music whatever. for a week or two. <laughs> or, I don't know, TikTok, whatever the youths are on these days. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the memes are now. The memes might have just res- resulted back to uh, prequel memes again. <laughs> the memes are too much. Yes. They're too intense. Anyway, so so you know, she you know, it turns out she you know she messed with that trick so that she was not actually in the barrel at all. No, she or was not she... in peril in a barrel. Yes. <laughs> barrel peril. So you know, Chase, he's doing better. He's uh, you know, he's back on his feet, and uh, he's going to get back to work. But uh, you know, he's he's discovered that truly humans are as inexplicable as any magic trick. Hmm. Yes, as everyone from the barbecue and the accordion and Petty Paws and Mrs. Niederlander are all together. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting episode. Yeah. I mean, it it kind of collides two different things. You've got, uh, I mean, you've got the Doc's magician sister, and you've also got uh, Chase doing the rear window thing, and you've also got uh, Griffin Rock's crime druids. (laughs) Yes. Well, the the crime druids are the main. It's the first time the crime druids haven't been seen throughout the episode. We don't find them out until the end, like a Scooby Doo episode. But. So, so it's nice that way. It, it's, a, it's a twist on the druids. It's just a mm-hmm. basic crime oh, thingy goodness. with magic. It's good. E- well, even if it, it, it does have Chase becoming even more of a corrupt pol- or corrupt cop. <laughs> but, 
I do appreciate some crime druids. I appreciate the return of Cree Summer to Transformers. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's fun. I mean, I, I hopefully not her last. I would not be shocked at all if she turns up on uh, Earthspark at some point. So. Yeah. Uh, they should have her be Black Arachnia again. I don't think we need another Black Arachnia yet. We're getting someone else on yeah, Earthspark. Yeah, we're getting someone else. In a I similar know. vein. I know, but like Black Arachnia has has been there have been versions in like three other shows that have been animated. Well, Arachnid is vaguely a Black Arachnia takeoff. I mean, she could be like a Malto ant or something. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Possibly also a stage magician for some reason. <laughs> yes, that would be delightful. Oh, a, a, a spider spinning magic webs. Oh. All right, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yay! Let's see how my throat does. Uh, oh, in, in Tokusatsu World, this past week we've just finished up uh, the magnificent Zubat, uh, Kaiketsu Zubat. No, it doesn't have anything to do with the Zubat from Pokemon. But Pokemon... That Pokemon might have been named after him, which is very weird since the bat isn't red and that really has nothing to do with him. Maybe they just I mean, thought it was a cool name. There's a lot of Pokemon that are just sort of like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, buddy. Ekans. So in our Discord, that, that's our watch along we just finished on Fridays, but we're still watching Hello Puppy. Uh, Dynaman has been fun. We just started that. And next week we'll be starting Metalder. Which is moving forward in time to an 80s tokusatsu, which is a takeoff on Kikaider, which was uh, early 70s tokusatsu, which was based upon a manga by Shotaro Ishinomori, who created Kamen Rider and Sentai. Anyway, uh, this week on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 5 man, there are two reds? <laughs> it's too many reds. The, the Give me a red. Ground Forces leader, Captain Gar- Garoa of the Bad Guys, has planted a flower that the Ranger's parents were growing on an alien planet before they got killed in the first episode because he planted the flower because the smell will attract the Red Ranger. Sure? Anyway, the Red Ranger shows up. They have a fight. Garoa kills the flower with a sword slash, and then the Red Ranger has a flashback, like, oh no, you've killed it here. You killed the flower when you attacked our school because I was growing another one in the first episode. So you destroyed the, the flower twice. Oh no, you also destroyed the flower on the alien planet when you killed my parents. So this flower has died three times. Well, this species of flower. <laughs> but it's like a succession of flag- flashbacks of murder of a flower. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then the, the, they're fighting in, in a junkyard because he planted the flower in a junkyard. Whatever. There's some wrecked cars. They have a fight. There's an explosion because there was leaking gas. And then Garoa was injured. He goes away. And, and the Red is still practicing his sword swings because Garoa is much stronger and sliced the car in half to cause an explosion. And Red's like, no, I must be stronger. But I'm still injured, but I'm practicing, and all the other rangers are home, like, watching the news. <laughs> uh, Washing their hair. Meanwhile, the bad guys, they're, they're great 
ultra leader goddess Empress Meadow, who's a giant floating face in the sky, turns one of those flowers into a demon flower by making it huge, so it's a monster plant episode. But it's not <laughs> like a guy in a suit monster plant, it's just a big plant with vines that big flower with vines that go everywhere. Oh, so this isn't like a Biolante kind of thing. Not well. Biolante is technically like two or three guys in a suit, but it's mostly guys <laughs> with wires swinging vines around and just a big chompy mouth. This just doesn't mm. have the big chompy mouth. It it doesn't go full uh, Audrey two. Mm. It's a big flower with lots of vines on strings. Mm. But no big chompy mouth. Gotcha. No, no big. Sadly, no big chompy mouth. I always like the big chompy mouth because, like, recently in, in Dynaman and the Watch Along, there was a big chompy mouth episode with a flower. It's like, hey, we got an Audrey too. Yay! And and then that ate some of the bad guys and grew giant. Whatever. Anyway, back to this. Uh, so the demon flowers causing havoc, harassing people, and the Rangers see this and they realize. Oh, this is a plot by Garoa to lure out Red again. And somehow they get this in their head. Blue dresses up as Red, so I guess they have spare costumes and goes out to, as bait. Which is weird, because well, Red is still training shirtless in the junkyard to the point where he's exhausted and he finally comes home while all the other rangers are out and their their nurse made robot nanny is like is watching the rangers do shit on TV it, it turns the TV off when red comes in cuz he's injured and doesn't want him to go there and and then it's, it's a little comedy of errors of no don't turn that on meanwhile there's a hell in the cell well a fight in a vine cage as Gorilla and Blue dressed as Red. They're fighting until eventually Gorilla slices the red helmet in half, which falls apart, and there's still a blue helmet underneath. <laughs> <laughs> which is a neat effect. And th then it's like, oh, fuck, get out of here. You're, you're useless. I wanted to fight Red, not Blue. Aw, poor Blue. And while this is two men enter, it's not quite one man leave because one man gets thrown out because he's the wrong guy. But then Red shows up and he goes into the cage match instead. So it's not two men enter, one man leave. It's sort of three men enter. All of them leave separately at some point. Anyway, I, um, what was it? Cube two. Oh, uh, Garoa has like this neat attack well how it's animated it's like he puts his hand out and then it sort of like takes the shape of a cube and then it dashes to a vanishing point as like instead of just drawing a laser it's like it's a neat effect it's like that's extra time taken to make his blast look cool and dangerous it's a real cube too hypercube yeah <laughs> anyway so it, it, it turns out Red learned a little lesson from his robot nanny that, well, Garoa has, is really strong and powerful, but you're better at technique, and technique can trump power, and somehow this equals catching Garoa's sword with his feet and then slashing down on Garoa's head. Whatever. It works. He wins. Then Garoa summons their giant Stay Puff Marshmallow robot 
But normally it takes the form of the monster of the week, but since the monster of the week is just a big flower with vines, the big flower and the vines just wrap themselves around the Stay Puff, and then the robots fight. They, they fight that with their giant robot. But, but it's not working, so Red jumps out of the head of their robot. Sword slashes bits of the giant flower. <laughs> and then they can kill the Stay Puff with the flower. Like that... Then a ranger jumps out of a giant robot to attack the giant monster of the week. I don't think that happens much. <laughs> At least not intentionally. Usually gotta be in the robot. Or, well, sometimes, like, if the bad guys have taken control of, like, their secondary robot and one of them has to jump out to fight whoever's piloting the robot or something, <laughs> shit like that happens. But this is little ranger attacking giant monster. Additional robot. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's the end of the episode. That one was wacky and fun. Good. Although the the there are two reds. I was figuring, oh, there's the bad guys are going to make an evil red somehow, or one of them is going to dress up as red. No, it was like the two good guys dressed up as red. It's like, oh, okay, that that's new. I think it's great when they the bad guys make their own people, and then you yeah. get an evil one. I like evil ones. Oh, I fucking love. <laughs> yeah, there there aren't enough evil ones like the original Power Rangers. They had putties dressed up as rangers, which was kind of cheap. But then they, they had when they got to adapting Mega Ranger. Mega Ranger has oh Nancy Rangers. I forget what they're called in Japan, but they became the Psycho Rangers. Oh my god, those guys are fucking awesome. One, they just look great. They're sharp, edgier versions of rangers. Uh, and, and no other ranger, fake rangers since then have been as awesome. Alright, so that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Rescue Bots. And uh, until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. Uh, for the month of January, uh, we watched an, the first episode of the hottest anime of... 2015, uh, because we're old and, and behind the times, uh, One Punch Man. Uh, for February, we will be watching Wakanda Forever, because it's finally coming to streaming. Yay. That's right. Imperious Rex, everybody. <laughs> he says the thing. He says the thing. Well, he says the thing in subtitles. Spoilers. Listen in as I uh, probably spend... We haven't quite recorded it yet. We're about to go record it. But I'm anticipating far too much of the time spent with me just talking about mutants. <laughs> so look forward to that. And look forward to me doing the Seinfeld uh, theme music with my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Do not watch the AI Seinfeld. It, it, it's a ploy by people who like AI too much. Oh no, no. Or or that's a gag to destroy AI. I would hope. <laughs> like it's such a <laughs> not dumb sure. Thing. Not sure if meant to make this look good or bad. Yeah, there's so much shit with AI now that like 
AI I mean, is it, an it, aid, sure, but AI is, oh, this is can produce content for free for me, and I don't have to pay artists and writers and actors Yeah, and as shit. someone who tried to make a living producing content and failed at it and is back in tech support, uh, I am not amused generally at the idea of it being used to produce content. No, the newest also, one that I heard of is... recently was like voice actors being replaced by it's like Now no. there is an entire no. cat in between me and the microphone, so oh, thank poor you. Fuzzy kitty. Thank you, Edgar. Can you don't do this, buddy. Come on. Oh, I heard if, you. If, anyway. if, if if Seinfeld was still on now, there would absolutely be an episode where Kenny Banya tried to use AI to write jokes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It's AI gold, Jerry. Gold! <laughs> anyway, so that does it for us for this week. We'll be back, net, we'll be back with more Rescue Bots. Specifically, we will be back with... Look it up. Cut this out. I lost my place. Oh, no. <sighs> what is it? I have heard the robots singing. Oh, we'll be back with the Rescue Bots musical episode. Okay. Oh, man. We finally get to the one episode I saw previously then. <laughs> and I don't remember anything other than hating it. Oh, no. Well, maybe you'll like it more with the context of the rest of the series. Maybe I will. But then again, like, you know, the, uh, what was it? Brave and the Bold, the Music Meister episode? Oh, yeah. I don't really... I didn't hate that, what? but I didn't really like it. What? Musicals! Uh, uh. Sad. Sad to be so wrong. All right, well, I'm going to be boning up on my show tunes uh, <laughs> for next week, but until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I am the very model of a modern major general. My name is David. Goodbye. This is the end of the episode. <laughs>